beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy and it is your boy trav and welcome back to the oscar podcast thursday show acting direct where we take a look at the filmographies of oscar-winning actors who decided to take their turn behind the camera and what film are we watching this week zach we're on to a new actor director jack nicholson and we're going back to 1963 for a cobbled-together production that used the leftover set and crew of a previous movie to create The Terror. The, who uh, is The Terror? And is this everybody's first time watching The Terror? Yes. It is. My first time even hearing of The Terror. Well, Oscar Firsties, then. First it's the one that's been on my list for a long time, and I'm glad <laughs> to have crossed it off now. Firstly! Uh... Is this the first uh, director that we've covered who directed their film before their Oscar? I think so. What year yeah. did Regina King no. win, win her? No, Clooney. Oh, Clooney. Uh, uh, Regina King yeah. won her Oscar like the year before. That's right. And Clooney, so she, she was. Yeah, Clooney. Clooney would win his Oscars. Th- his Oscar three years after his directing debut. Okay, that's right. It, it was just a question that popped in my head, and I'm glad we got that answered. All right. So there is no Oscar breakdown. It's it's a Corman picture, and they don't take him seriously, despite the fact that they really should. They really should. They really should. Um, but I will say that I, uh, I have lured us here under false pretense. You have. I, I was well aware that Jack Nicholson didn't direct this movie from start to finish. He literally directed one scene, um, <laughs> but it was a Corman picture and I wanted to watch it. <laughs> there you go. Cause you know me, I'm going to sneak Roger Corman in here when I can sneak Roger Corman oh, in here. I don't, I don't blame you. So what involvement did Coppola have in this then? So he was, he's, he's credited as the associate producer in the opening credits. Okay. He was essentially one of Corman's like uh, mainline producers at this point. He brought him in to help with uh, Battle Beyond the Stars and uh, the film that they would shoot after this one, which is The Haunted Palace. Uh, and, and, you know, eventually he goes on to direct Dementia 13. Right. Um, so Coppola is just kind of in the American and international pictures. Uh, family at the at the time and then he comes in and just shoots a lot more of this movie than jack nicholson does gotcha. a lot of he does a lot of second unit stuff especially okay why wouldn't you why, why wouldn't, you? wouldn't you so um just from the basic uh skimming uh corman had been working on a bunch of edgar Allan poe it's part uh, of his poe cycle poe cycle 
And what this was the leftover set of the Raven, the Raven, which they had just done with Nicholson and Karloff. And Vincent Price was in that as well, I believe. Vincent Price is in that, yes. Yeah. So, uh, the uh, just the Wikipedia page or whatever said, Corman was supposed to go play tennis, but the, the match got canceled. So, he's like, I'm going to make another movie or something. <laughs> that sounds like the most Corman thing that could happen. <laughs> You're, we're talking about a man who someone was like, I bet you couldn't make a movie in two days. He's like, oh, yeah, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I read that this like dragged out like nine months. Yeah, so through all the reshoots and uh, editing, and uh, so like the scene near the end where Nicholson is uh, like interrogating Dick Miller about the Baron, and it's revealed that the Baron is not actually the Baron, but is Eric, and all that weird stuff. Like that's shot during the shooting of Haunted Palace. So they're in the midst of making another movie and (laughs) they're like, Oh, we need to do something for the other movie. This isn't cutting together the way we want. So yeah, they just shoot a whole new scene. Because why not? not? I mean, this is, this is, this is how easy things come when you just have a repertory of actors at your beck and call that, like, oh, Nicholson and Dick Miller are already, like, in this other movie? Well, let's get the costumes from the other movie and slap them on them. Oh, man, like a lost on the beach. <laughs> it definitely felt out of place, but not in a yeah. bad way. Yeah, this movie is a slapdash mess. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> you know, if you're going to look at the f- film, you know, for a screenplay script stance, I mean, this thing don't. It don't gel. Like there's a lot <laughs> of stuff that don't make sense going on. Honestly, I still don't understand the whole shape shifting demon girl that was the wife because <laughs> it was like two stories folded into one. Like it's so <laughs> weird. I don't really know what was going on and how they convinced the son to become his butler after he murdered his father and took over as the Baron. But the the new Baron thinks he's the Baron and has no memory of killing the old Baron. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but all I know is that it's awesome. This is, this is what happens when you're like, fuck, we got Boris Karloff for four days. Shoot everything as quick as you can. We'll figure everything else out later. And the scenes are so good. <laughs> it's Karloff, now, it's I'm assuming that is the castle that for the other film? Yeah, from the Raven, yeah. yeah. Okay. That fucking gate is so cool. I'm um, Like the one that they twist to open up before they go to the fucking secret door. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny at the end of the I the whole movie they they crank it, it opens up just enough from them to run in, and then it closes behind them immediately. Except for the end. When he runs out, it stays open the whole time and he runs back in and then it shuts behind him. <laughs> like it just knew to stay open. So funny. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy the scenes, you know early on where there's clearly like, I don't know if it's a painted backdrop of the castle or, um, or what, uh, there's 
weird random close-ups of the castle. It's like, why did you choose this camera angle? <laughs> yeah. It's, they just look up and it's like the, the spires of the castle with like the sky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, um, man. God. But even it's just been... the beginning, like um, the the opening credit scene where it's like they open the door and there's like some weird skeleton thing. It looks like some Crypt Keeper <laughs> shit. Mm. And you wouldn't even think you're about to watch the movie you're about to watch. What was the point of that opening scene? They were like, throw something spooky and cool together. We'll just throw it at the beginning. <laughs> like I was like, okay, the terror, this makes sense. And then it's Jack Nicholson on a horse on a beach. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. This is looking hot as hell, though. <laughs> you couldn't really tell because, like, I wouldn't even say he's looking hot. He's got the sun in his eyes. He's squinting. He don't know. Yeah, it's looking real hot. He's like, oh man, I'm overheated. He's, he's closed on this beach. Uh, Out here in Big Sur, California. Did he have his hat the whole time at the beginning? Because all of a sudden there's a scene where he was riding up and he had his hat. And his no, he doesn't on. have the hat on at the beginning. Of the film. Awesome. Yeah, pretty wonderful. Uh, the whole time I was watching this, I, I kept thinking back to you know Ed Wood and the production of the movie <sighs> they were making with... Uh, with uh, Bella Lugosi, it's like we got Lugosi. Put him in this scene. Shoot it. Cut. All right, let's go, <laughs> bro. Uh, okay, so I'm skimming through the movie. Okay, so because on the Wikipedia, you can just watch the film right there on the Wikipedia page. So I'm skimming. I'm just skimming through different scenes to bring up stuff that I may have forgotten about, and literally up until he has no hat. Until he knocks on the Baron's door. Then he magically just has a hat on. Like, he just randomly has a hat now, 20 minutes into the film. Sometimes you just In find the name hat. of the Sometimes government of France. You just find a hat on a deserted <laughs> island that perfectly goes with your fit. Uh, I love it, though. I love it. it. It is a mess. It is. And I love it. Yeah. Is I, it? Okay. I was gonna say, is there a, like a mystery science theater version of this? I feel like it's there, perfect for it. There should be, and it's and it's in the public domain. So if if yeah. there is a mystery science theater, it it won't get uh there there won't be any copyright issues on it. So yeah, no, I said uh I said I'm now coining the term masterpiece because this movie is a mess and it rules. <laughs> this movie's so much fun. <laughs> I um I enjoyed the. I guess she's a witch character because she, you know, we we're talking about the plot and the plot's not really, I guess, all that important. It just serves to... <laughs> or existent. <laughs> what plot though? She, she <laughs> cursed the Baron because of the death of her son. <laughs> Found out it was her son too late. So she couldn't reverse the curse. And, and then <laughs> because she did the curse or whatever, she caught fire when she went in the graveyard, which was an awesome scene. <laughs> yeah. Super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then she she haunts the Baron with uh, Jack Nicholson's wife at the time. Oh, in real life, yeah, nice. Who's who's pregnant with uh with his first child? That <laughs> oh, did not know that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just skimming through these scenes, and it's just so crazy. <laughs> Who, uh, now, uh, what was with the character that whispered? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What was that? the the 
It, that's her son, right? The guy that whispers is the witch's son? <laughs> I think so. And or, he or also had a crush or... on the Baron's wife that he murdered or something? You have to get out of here. Be free. And then and then the <laughs> crow comes and pecks his eyes out and he falls <laughs> off a cliff. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, oh my is... god, I forgot about the crow because it has the same name as the wife, but it's like it's at first you think it's I don't know is the crow the wife? I don't know. know I, mean? like, I think so. That's I, I think so. Because <laughs> that's what they allude to at the beginning. You're like, oh shit, she's a shapeshifter. Yeah. She's a crow. She's this, but she's I think dead. Probably I, I'd if I had to guess, I'd say she's the witch's familiar or whatever, and she can use the crow to curse the baron however she wants or curse whoever by using apparitions or whatever have you but the, but she doesn't know that he murdered the baron and he's the new baron who thinks he's the old baron right 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 <laughs> she's angry because she thinks her son is dead oh her son's not dead her son is the Baron. Is the Baron. Is the Baron. Okay. See? But the- <laughs> that part completely escaped me. I thought but- that the Baron's son murdered her son, and she thought it was the Baron. Oh, no. She's the, the, her son, who is now in, living as the Baron, had a love affair with the wife. And, of the Baron. And, of and the, the Baron and him got in a fight. Right. The butler ended up killing the real Baron. Yeah. And, and out of shame, he just continued to <laughs> be the butler for the son who's now assuming the Baron out of his grief or whatever. Of- but but has no memory of ever being Eric because they didn't actually have that in the script. They, <laughs> they shot a twist ending nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh. How has nobody made, and I doubt you could do it now considering you're 96 years old, but how has nobody ever done a film, like a sit-down series where Corman describes every movie and the thought process, if any, behind what was going on and the plot and trying to make sense of his own films? Because I would love to see him sell me this film and make it make sense to me. Like all these questions we have, would he have answers to? Oh yeah, you see. I just all all I can think is like people be like, "So what were you thinking here?" Well, I was doing a lot of coke. <laughs> the also the best part <laughs> is when you go to his Wikipedia page, that picture of him on his Wikipedia page, he looks like the guy that would make this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this goofy old white guy. He just uh, looks senile. Hey, but that that man has acted in two Best Picture winners. Mm-hmm. It's like I had this and I had this, and I was like, okay, what can I make out of this? Yep. And he came out with the terror. The terror. This man just—I'll say it again and again and again. He's the most important person to ever make cinema. <laughs> the the shape of cinema just does not exist the way it does today. If Roger Corman did not exist, that is a hundred percent true statement. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the terror. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really, I re- I really don't know what else to say about this film. Like, I don't know what else to say. Hmm. I don't, I don't either. Except that I just, I fucking love Corman so much. I'm so happy he made this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. All I right. don't want to be the wet blanket, but I think I have more fun talking about this movie than I do watching it. First, well, you should you should definitely have some more fun watching it. Yeah. <laughs> so, where'd you pull this one out? I hate to be the wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've actually used the wet blanket. It sounds horrible. It is horrible. That's why it sounds bad. That's why it, you don't want to be the wet blanket. I think your cousin's a wet sandwich. Is that a quote from something? Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. (sighs) All right. All right. Well, let's move on to some worsty judgments. All right. We have a new director. So, Trav, where's this sitting on your Nicholson rankings? (laughs) Um... You know, even though we probably shouldn't have watched this in the nickel, the Jack Nicholson list, we got bamboozled. Um, <laughs> I'm not mad about it. It's definitely sitting at my number one. I ranked this four stars. Um, I really wish, because I'm watching the the Wikipedia clip, not clip, but the link that they have on there. Definitely much better than watching it on Amazon Prime on a fucking 65-inch television because it did not look good. I don't understand why they put some of these old movies on streamers and just completely stretch it. Like, what is wrong with watching a movie and its original format so it doesn't take up the TV? Who has ever bitched about that to where they feel like they have to do this? It just yeah, makes yeah. no sense to me. Just because something's in the public domain doesn't mean you need a shit all over it. So, yeah. Um, that definitely played a factor, I think, in the enjoyment of it because it's it's tough to look at sometimes on the Amazon Prime thing. But this this link that I'm looking at right here looks fucking awesome. Pretty crisp and pristine. So... Yeah, I gave it four stars, but I really enjoyed my time watching this. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but <laughs> this the chick on the beach was super hot. Jack Nicholson was super hot. Um, I laughed a lot, and I had a great <laughs> time watching this movie. So I cannot complain. Excellent. Zach, where's this sitting on your Nicholson ring? Or your overall rankings, too. My overall rankings. Well, um, you know, admittedly, this is not the type of movie that I usually watch. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had a few laughs, uh, and I, like I said, I've really enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it and and have laughs over over the content. But I was bored watching it, to be honest. I. I felt like it was too long. There were points where I was like, oh, this is funny. It's too or, long, it's 80 minutes. I know, but <laughs> probably half of it. <laughs> I just didn't, I, I didn't care very much because. Uh, <laughs> so many it, good scenes. Yeah. it It's just one of the, I mean, you could just tell that it was made the way it was made. And, and I, I can appreciate that, but again, it's, it's just not what I, choose to watch and i gave it two stars i'm sorry and it's at the bottom of my nicholson rankings um but it's not bad in the way that suburbicon is so that's still the bottom of my overall rankings i i can at least 
say that like for like Suburbicon, it's like they tried to make a good movie and failed miserably. Uh-huh. I don't think they tried to make like this masterpiece movie yeah. here. I think they're just having fun and putting shit together. That's true. And they're it, off it hardly time. feels like they were trying to make a movie at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and oh man, just the scene of Jack Nicholson on the beach. And again, he's squinting, looking at his watch, looking up at the sun. Why are they even showing the sun? Like he looks up <laughs> at the sun and they have to show it for like, it felt like 30 seconds to just show the sun in the sky. And it's like, why are you showing this? <laughs> Gotta take up time. Yep. Yeah. So that's me though. How about you, Paul? Uh, I've said it time and time and time again, and I will continue to say it. I love trash. It's <laughs> my favorite genre of film. It, there's nothing better than watching badly made movies nothing better <laughs> uh, i mean i have a whole i have a whole tiktok dedicated to me watching terrible films because mm. i love them so much <laughs> and I, I i don't think joe enjoys it as much as i do <laughs> <laughs> i was feel kind of bad about <laughs> but i doubt at the same time this movie rules it is a wonderful watch it is nuts it is insane it doesn't feel like a complete thought at any point. Therefore, I gave it five stars. <laughs> but also, I do want to bring up for the box office on Wikipedia, it just says 9,915 admissions, parentheses, France, 1991. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So that means that 9,915 people went to go see this movie in France in 1991. In 1991. <laughs> which is which is how I feel like box office should be judged. Like I, I hate that that price money, of ticket. Yeah. Price of ticket isn't taken into consideration because when when something sells the same amount of tickets but is at double the price point, it's gonna it's gonna be number one at the box office. Because you know, if you're not gonna go see eighty for Brady in three D. I in mean, IMAX. I think I feel like you would. <laughs> But I would, but I'm insane. (laughs) So that's neither here nor there. I would go see 80 for Brady in IMAX 3D because that's how big and lifelike I want Rita Moreno. Mm. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, not not many other people are going to. But, you know, Avatar The Way of Water is going to sell the same amount of tickets. That's going to sell more tickets. But nonetheless, like. The 3D IMAX. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I don't know yeah, what yeah. I'm going off on right now. Anyway, five stars. A lot of notes. Um, <laughs> all those notes are, please do this again. This rules. Um, <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, this is the best thing we've watched. It's my number one. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love trash. I love it so much. And unironically, too. I don't want people to think that I'm coming at this from some angle of Duration. I don't think anybody no. thinks that. Let's this is pure just, love. If, pure if love. Nobody's thinking that at this point in the <laughs> career of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grew up on Mystery Science Theater. I grew up on watching fucking uh, Monster Vision. This is this is where my heart lies. These are the movies. These are the movies I grew up watching, and I love them so much. And I'm sincere when I say I'm a little bit jealous of that. I'm. I love your love of trash and and your love of you know good film you have such a appreciation for film in general and 
Because films are like people. You should just love them for what they are. I don't always love people, though. (laughs) I don't always love people. (laughs) But uh, as long as they're not uh, mean-spirited trash. Which this is not in any way. No, it's not. Not at all. All right. Well, I guess we're going to call it there. Uh, Triumph, let people know where they can follow you on the media's social. Oh, my God. I don't know why I was not prepared for this. I am on the Instagram at ZKAudio. I'm also on... Where else am I? I'm having a major brain fart. The Twitter and the TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And, of course, I watched a couple things this week, but I'm only going to bring up one. I finally saw a plane. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. Hold on. First yes. off, yes. I love plane. And the fact <laughs> that we have a sequel coming out called Ship is the best yep. fucking thing ever. It's just called Ship. I can't uh-huh. wait to find out how this goes. But I, I love I Gerard Butler. Like, uh-huh. And not unironically, I fucking love Gerard Butler. He's so good. And... Bro, I was <laughs> I was watching this movie with my mom, and as soon as Mike Coulter came on the screen, who we're both huge fans of, because we love evil. He's so good in that show. Um, he shows up on screen, and sh- she says something to the effect of just like, that's a big man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, stop drooling. Mom. <laughs> So, so there, there, there you have it, ladies. Mike Coulter, that's a big man. <laughs> See, so I went and saw Plane at the theater, and I was shipping Plane the whole time. So I'm hoping in Ship that we just get to see Jerry and Mike kiss. <laughs> ship it. Could happen. That's, that's what I'm shipping. Shipping ship. I got a feeling Drod's not returning. Yeah, because I think it's a prequel. Damn. I think we're I think we're seeing what happened to Mike Coulter before Plane. That's kind of lame because ship would have been perfect for how it ended with his story. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that could have went in the ship. So uh, well, maybe, maybe it could be like a dual timeline thing. Who knows? Let's get weird with it. Weirder and stupider. Everything. Everything should be weirder and stupider. Zach, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, or Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. Oh, that's on TikTok. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterbox, where I am watching all sorts of films and keeping a running tally of those films that I watch and I saved this one to talk about here because I knew Trav would have some uh, opinions to yeah. add to it. I watched Maybe I Do. Oh, please do not say what you're about to say. What you say? Bet you I only meant well. I gave that film one star. My oh. God, that film was terrible. I said it was terrible, too. Okay. You did. I know. <laughs> no, I thought it's just... You, you bamboozled me twice this week. <laughs> yeah, that movie is god awful. Now, see, this is this is the opposite side of the coin of trash. This yeah. film thinks it's saying the most profound things about marriage, and everything it's saying is pretty much garbage. Garbage. Everything yeah. these characters say to each other is the most bottom barrel, basic bullshit of couples who just hate each other, and I don't like it. Yeah, 
and there's way too much talent in this movie to be this bad. Mm. Also, it was written and directed by Michael Jacobs, creator of Boy Meets World, the wow. show that I just watched every single episode of. How that man created these two things confuses the shit out of me. Well, in all also, fairness, there's a 30-year difference. But I mean, it's not it's not that far of a difference from Girl Meets World, a show that I think is equally as good as Boy Meets World. Oh no, no, that's where. Just I now, Girl Meets World. <laughs> I, I didn't Girl hate Meets Girl Meets World, but it's definitely not on the level of Boy Meets World for sure. <laughs> that, that was me showing. How but you got is that, is that it, or is there one more movie? Uh, which movie did you want me to bring up? I don't know. I thought I thought on yesterday's episode you had a, you had two. I, I mentioned a couple tonight. No, no, just that one. Oh, okay. Uh, I I talked about me watching only the last forty minutes of Quantum Mania yesterday. Quantum Mania. Yeah, and that one's getting the whole uh, people arguing about Rotten Tomatoes or whatever because it's got a horrible critic score but a decent audience score. But still, everybody I've seen that's watched it is either like meh or eh. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody love it. I haven't seen it yet personally. But um, yeah, I think I think Marvel's in a bad spot right now because of putting out so much content, specifically on Disney Plus with the television shows. That even they were like, "Okay, we're not going to put out that much television shows." Yeah, yeah. I think this is the movies are also going to suffer for it because it's you're watching too much. Well, I mean, and like the VFX team already came out and was like, yeah, they pretty much gave everything to Wakanda forever. and We got nothing. So this film just looks awful because we had no budget. I mean, we had no budget. A comparison. Fucking blow me. Okay, dude. Like, <laughs> they still had a fucking insane budget. So, like, when you look at the budget, I believe Ant-Man had a bigger budget than Wakanda forever. So. Maybe the resources were taken. Yeah. If so, good for Wakanda oh, forever. Be. You know, program the, the, the programs they use and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't work in the field, so I mean, I couldn't tell you. But just saying that they didn't have budget and resources is, yeah, it's a two hundred million dollar movie. Fuck it, you're not getting a sob story out of me, dude. Okay. <laughs> I for one welcome the burning of our MCU. I do too. Because you see what Roger Corman just made on, you know, uh, a tennis game that got canceled. Okay. Yeah. Look, look, my problem with the MCU is that they think they're going weirder and stupider, but they haven't even crossed the threshold yet. The threshold. They they're they're making weirder and stupider within the confines of what they think is safe. Like they're not doing anything weird or stupid yet. Mm. Mm. All right. But that being said, hey Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching Drive, he said, <laughs> from 1971. I get to break out a criterion for this one. Oh, really? Yeah, baby. Okay. It's in, the, uh, it's in the BBS story. Oh, nice. Okay. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know next week. <laughs> I well, know BBC. I don't know BBS, though. In the BBC. <laughs> If you don't own the Criterion, you can rent it on Hulu, Google, Sling TV, Voodoo, YouTube, or stream it for free on that Tubi. Tubi. All right. So, with that, hey, Trav. Hey. 
Thanks a bunches and bunches for producing our show. We would also like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And on Facebook at The Oscarsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm of your face melting off. Yeah. So, four. And Zach, the great Dick Miller, would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>